0: Hello everybody and welcome to the History Voyager, a podcast about history. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very much for listening to mine. Okay, I had a talk with Paul Holden and Chris the Plumber. They do a podcast called The Real Politics Podcast. I'm going to leave the link below in the description it is a very interesting way to talk about politics in America. I honestly think it's quite refreshing actually because it tries to divorce the dogma on either side of the equation Um, that Americans unfortunately have become I think a little too accustomed to, to dealing with and to filtering their politics through and actually this seems to be a thought that a lot of Americans have a lot of Americans I think uh, are having this discussion or thought in a lot of cases it's not really a discussion in a lot of cases I'm greeted as as a welcome ambassador from beyond as they talk to me about their politics But and the circumstances that led their politics to form. But what I think is interesting is they talk, that is, Chris the Plumber and Paul Holden, talk about um, politics from a very practical filter. And it's very apt that they called their podcast RealPolitik because RealPolitik came from this awakening, for lack of a better term, in basically in the 1850s, in that Central European region that we today call Germany. Now, during this time, you had not even the elites, but you had um, regular, what you would call today regular people, sort of waking up to the fact that they needed to expect something from from the king or from the, the nation-state. And this was part of a rise of, of what we would think of today as uh, nationalism. We would come to think of it as, as nationalism. And also, I think there were a lot of things that happened in Central Europe at that time, especially in the Central European region that we today call Germany which began to have what ended up having a very destabilizing effect on the European stage. Um, But the thing I think that is the most important aspect of my little talk with you guys about this is that this whole concept of Realpolitik was a revolution was a a revolution and a revolutionary idea. And I think, frankly, I I really do, I think a lot of people in this country today, if I were to be honest with you, would have the same sort of thought. I think that one of the most revealing things that I personally learned about my own countrymen is that there's a whole lot of people that simply, for, for better or worse... They simply do not really expect The government To come to the rescue And you know that's That's not a historic That's that's not really something grounded in history You, you look at the depression You look at the dust bowl Um you know Okay maybe that was a 20th century uh, Deal But it, it has happened Before And I think For the last uh let's see 40 years, 40 years plus at this point. I think we've we've gotten away from that. And I'm going to talk with a with a professor about that uh, in an upcoming episode of the podcast. And I'm excited to do that. But right now, let's talk about the uh, Real Politics podcast. Uh, Chris the Plumber and Paul Holden run a very tight ship over there. They run a very nice podcast. And I'm going to leave the link below in the description. And I want... All of my listeners, to to give it the, the grace and favor it deserves, because it certainly does uh, deserve your attention. The, these these fellas do a do a very good podcast where they they boil down basically issues of the day, and they they don't do it from a left or a right perspective, although they do, but they more do it from the perspective of the common everyday person. And I think that's the real problem in this country, that a lot of people, they they don't really think, it's not that they don't think politics matters, it's that they don't think they can affect it. And they can. And I think we have to if we're going to get out of this. So, with that in mind, I just wanted to say, Thank you, thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for being a, a part of making this podcast what my podcast provider calls one of the largest independent podcasts that isn't about sex or murder. Um, you know, I'm just a guy in a back bedroom, and I'm happy to help to educate and elucidate some things. and And thank you so much for for listening to me and to giving me your time. And I'm also going to announce that. In addition to a couple more interviews that I'm going to be throwing out, I I feel like I owe you guys a podcast on the Enlightenment because for those of you who've been here with me for long enough, you, you know that I had originally announced that I was going to do a podcast on the Enlightenment. So I'm going to do that. But I'm going to do a history deep dive into something that I find fascinating. And... The only reason I think a lot of people wouldn't find it fascinating right off the jump is that they don't know about it. They they don't really know the ins and outs and the ramifications and, and so on and so forth. And I'm going to take you through some of that and it's going to be fascinating and I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is later. But um, anyway, uh, rest assured we're going to do a, a history deep dive very, very soon. And uh, you guys take care. And uh I'll see you around. All right. Bye bye. Hello everybody. This is Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. I'm here with Paul Holden and Chris the Plumber, and they are of the Real Politic Podcast. And we're gonna have a very interesting conversation, I'm almost uh certain, about just about America and about their podcast and Just life in general, I would assume. So guys, why don't you get started?
1: Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, Named Paul Holden. Um, We are the uh, Real RealPolitik Network. Network. You can find our podcast under the name Southern Podcast Authority, uh, wherever you listen to it. But, you know, it's just a contrarian uh, podcast covering politics and conspiracy. So we have a lot of fun with it, but also cover the news in a a bit of a different way than most folks see it, I think.
2: Yeah, we especially recently have been taken to more of everyone is in this right left dichotomy. And we really try to focus more on uh, the, the people versus the elite establishment. And that we feel like that dichotomy is way more important than this right left Democrat versus Republican, because at the end of the day, the little guy is getting squeezed out there, and no matter the Republican elite or the Democratic elite, they're they're thriving. That you know the, the the Republican Party may have lost seats in the Senate. Well, actually, I think yeah they did lose seats in the Senate, but they gained seats in the House. But that doesn't matter. Like they lost the presidency, doesn't really matter. They're still going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Their, their patrons are going to make millions, possibly even billions of dollars a year. And we have people in this country who haven't worked for a decade. We have people starving. We have people lining up in at food banks for miles, having to wait for hours to get a box of food. So this, this whole... I'm a Democrat. I think whatever the Democrats think. I'm a Republican. I think only what Republicans think. That's – we need to stop
1: that mentality. We have to stop that. Because in the end, Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi are still going to be millionaires and you won't be able to pay your rent. And that's what we care about.
0: Well, I mean, right. And the whole reason I got inspired to to talk to people about their politics and everything like that was – if I can just tell this story, um, I was sitting in my podcast email one night and I got this email from this journalist who wanted to talk to me about the coup in Venezuela back in O two. Right. So I, so I did, you know, of course. Right. Um, so I talked to her and then it really touched me in a way I can't really explain adequately um so i put an ad like a little thing on reddit and this person from venezuela reached out and i talked to her and then after that i was like i want to talk to people about their politics right right (laughs) you know like because you can be like you can be left of center or right of center but if you hear what day-to-day life is like in venezuela in 2021, you know, that's crazy. Oh yeah. So no, absolutely. (laughs) And I think, you know, all,
2: all three of us grew up together in Arkansas. And, you know, if you put us on the political spectrum, we would probably be Typical, You know, we would be lefties if you like went through every single policy position we had, you would be like, these guys are probably on the left. But the thing is, growing up in Arkansas, we were surrounded by who eventually became Trump supporters. Those were some of my best friends. You know, these people who have been deemed, you know, deplorables or they're clinging to their guns and their Bibles. That's who that's my family. That's, that's, those yeah. are my best friends. And so to have this mainstream media elite, you know, they fly in, they interview a couple of guys at the barbecue joint, and then they fucking leave. And then I have to watch all right. this stuff about, look at these horrible people. And that I, I'm just, that I think is what broke my mind is listening to all these people who ne- don't know they do not know the daily lives of of these individuals these people who voted for trump and that we that we think we can just you know, get rid of 72 74 million people in this country these baskets of deplorables these people like clinging to their guns and their bibles that's an idiotic thought
0: well it is and the other i mean you know, I guess there's a third person in your podcast because I grew up in Georgia, but um the thing I wanted to say was like you can go you know south or north of town where I live. I live in metro Atlanta, you can go south or north of t- any direction basically in this state, and eventually not not even that far you come into you come into a situation where the hospitals were already overburdened right um you, you have food deserts um, that go on for miles and miles and miles in every direction. Uh, there's actually um, this thing that the Republican Party in my state uh, just announced they want to do with absentee ballots where they want you to photocopy your ID twice. Now I had to do that for college, right? Um, when I when I went back to college, and it's a special kind of copier, you know. It's it's not you know. It's got to be able to pick up
2: all the uh, little special hidden uh, um, processes of a of an ID these stars days,
0: right? And on it, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's. I mean, it's not just like your little copier in the library or whatever. It's like we had when I had to do it for college, we had to go to um, this copier place like way out, you know, way up in the northern part of the county, blah, blah, blah. And here I was in one of the largest cities in America. Right. I mean, so what they're going to do is they're not just going to disenfranchise republic conservatives or liberals. They're going to disenfranchise people that don't live in a metro area.
2: Yeah. The rural communities. Exactly, and those are their constituents for the most part.
0: Uh, I don't. Un- I mean, I understand. Okay, I understand what they think they're trying to do, but I think even at this point, the 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 legislators in my state are drinking, are even drinking their own Kool Aid. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Well, everyone's, it's, it's not everyone's not even everyone just, is uh,
1: drinking Kool Aid. Yeah, it's it's not even just the people in the rural areas either. It's the people that have two jobs and don't have time to go find a super fancy copy machine, right? Cause they are wage workers. So they can't just leave work. They're not working from home. And for them to go out and do that is a massive time suck. And maybe they don't have a car. They have to take public transportation just to vote. Like that is ridiculous. And It's targeting one specific subset of the population. It's the population well, that they don't actually want that power.
0: Right. And here's the funny thing. I mean, for those of you, in my audience who, who maybe don't have this situation, here's the funny thing. When I pay my taxes, right, when I pay my taxes, I just enter in, I just go on the computer and I enter in my social and my, like, I just enter in my social and my address and I'm paying my taxes. Right. What's more vital than that?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, uh, banking, right? (laughs) Banking has figured how exactly everything online. Mm -hmm. Why can't why can't the government figure out how to make voting secure online?
0: Uh, I mean, my buddy, uh, my buddy was saying, um, if I if I can pay my county water bill on the Internet, why in the world can't I vote online?
1: Yeah, you have like, millionaires who are who are handling huge investment funds through the internet, transferring money through these bank accounts, you know, shorting your GameStop stocks and, you know, you can't cast a freaking ballot. Like that is ridiculous. They trust it for everything. They trust it for millions of dollars, but you can't create a secure system to vote.
0: I mean, we right. And well, actually you can because I mean, I've talked to folks all over the world. For this podcast and there are people who vote online uh in different oh, yeah. countries so yeah that's it's possible. possible to do that but
2: that's 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 I mean, just generally everything in america these days is there all of this is possible right but it's just how much power do you give to the people and we were talking a little bit before we started recording about this pandemic right why did we only get 1200 dollars or I guess now we're at what sixteen hundred dollars for eighteen hundred yeah. dollars for for a year for a whole entire year, all of the populace of America only got eighteen hundred dollars. That's insanity.
0: Not even all right. Not even
2: all the pop. Right. Not exactly. even all the population. I mean, I, I right. Exactly. And,
0: yeah. No. Right. And for contrast, I mean, like. Germany, I think, is paying seven thousand dollars a month. Uh, Plus, like they're requiring that your job keep you on payroll nominally. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, what else? Like uh, Canada, I don't don't, like all these countries. Well, and
2: also, what do they
0: have that we don't
2: have? Yeah, they have essentially subsidized health care for their populace. We do not have that in America. I've had to pay to get tested for COVID out of my pocket because uh, insurance wouldn't cover it in my state.
0: That's I'm sorry. That's insane, that right? right? Like I'm trying to do it my it, it part is. to,
2: to make sure that I don't have COVID and I'm spreading it and I have to pay out of my pocket.
1: Well, and then here's, and, here's oh. a really dark part about it too, is that I have a lot of friends who, you know, have lost their jobs because their company shut down and they aren't able to get like I live in Tennessee. They are not able to get access to unemployment because our unemployment system is so broken and they've been in pending status for getting a paycheck to pay their rent for months. And they call, they email, they reach out and they can't get in contact with a single person. They've been waiting months to get paid or unemployment. So it's not even pandemic relief. It's just, I'm supposed to get this when I, when my company goes under, because I've been paying unemployment insurance for years.
0: Well, right. And here's something else. I mean, so I know somebody who works at a, at a major hospital here in Atlanta, um, real big hospital. And they got this weird letter from their hospital, right? They got this weird letter from their, their employer, basically. And like it wasn't real. The, the condition wasn't accurate at all. So, like they called and called and called and called, and nobody, you know, like they couldn't figure it out. Nobody answered, blah, blah. And then it turns out that the hospital now, this is a hospital in a pandemic, right? The hospital laid off all of the people that would have handled that right, situation. Right. And the letter was just. And the letter was just automatically generated, <laughs> and and she was like, "Well, of course this situation's been met because yada yada yada. I'm doing blah blah blah, blah. you know. Look, I've never been busier, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> it's an a, epiph- you know, I it's and like one of the stupid things. It, it, it extends even to the, like the little stupid things, like when you go to. When you go to, say, uh, a major big box store that shall remain nameless in my community, uh, they have decided that, or I don't think they're still doing this, but for a long time, they had decided that you could only buy toilet paper if you lived within a certain number of miles of that store.
2: <laughs> How did they determine that? It, <laughs> that is
1: your idea, I guess. No, it...
0: Yeah, that you had to be carded for toilet paper. <laughs> and I'm just like
1: I have not heard of that. That is that is impressive. Okay. Uh,
0: I mean, and that, yeah, I mean and it, I know that's a real minor thing, but
1: <laughs> we're a third-world country. That's what people don't yeah. realize. We are a third-world country. Are a third world country. Oh.
2: Yeah.
0: Here's what, here's what I've realized Talking to folks Okay, What I realize is That we're two different countries Under the same roof Right Like I talked to a fella Who shall remain nameless uh, And he was describing to me a, Literally day by day A society that he could look at Not just in the wider Like literally like the, Where he could see where he could drive to where he could see everywhere where he could go like in in a day right in a in his life he could see like a society falling apart day by day where he was and he walked me through that and it was just insane like day right. by day right so where where i think
2: i would where i would maybe push a little bit is that i think because i think this helps kind of conceptualize what's going on is that we're two nations inside one country and why is that why is that a an important point to bring up because the country as a whole is failing right our infrastructure go down any state roads they're crumbling look at our sewer structure crumbling i mean there's literally people that have led in their pipes and they can't drink the water that comes out of their tap. Look at our healthcare system crumbling. I have, I live in South Carolina. There are whole counties that don't have a hospital that don't have a hospital. They have to drive a hundred miles to get to the nearest hospital. That is a failure of our country, right? Right. But where I do agree with you is there's two nations at least living inside this country. And that is also somewhat of a dangerous position to believe or to be in because those two nations fundamentally do not agree with what is going on. But see, this is where I disagree with that. I think a lot of this is elite driven. And so I think for the most part, actually, the vast majority of, of us agree on things, right? We want our our future to be better for our children than it was for us. That's a fundamental belief of almost 90% of America. I can guarantee it. We want to be healthy.
1: Unless we, you just hate your kid. Right.
2: Unless you just hate your child. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Like, he's a shipper. Right, but yeah. Just screw us. Who up knows, daily, right? But, but,
2: but, you know, yeah. we want to be able to have access to a good paying job. We want to be respected in that job. We want to, you know, be able to have leisure time. And that leisure time can either be productive or may- it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be productive. But we still want leisure time. And so you start listing out all these all these things that the vast majority of Americans believe. I really fundamentally don't believe that there's a big difference in the vast majority of us. What I do believe is that there is a systemic effort to split the populace from the elite power, you know, from the elite power structure, putting pressure down on the populace. And I think one of the best examples of that, especially from the left, is this kind of woke, um, you know, systemic racism slash uh, Paul help critical race theory, like all that getting pressed for the left. That is meant to split us. That is meant to split.
1: Well, us and up. The, yeah. And and to expand on that last point, Chris, a little bit, and kind of how we talk about in the podcast, is we, we refer to it as all circus and no threat, right? So the circus sure. is the culture war, the social war. Like, what is structural racism in society? And, you know, what are these solutions for it? And what that results in is a lot of woke washing, where the Biden administration is, you know, putting people in their administration they're like oh well we have the the first you know uh, female uh, head of the uh, of um, what's Janet Yellen job of the fed um and like that's so amazing that's so great and then we have an african american head of the dod and that's so amazing that's so great and i'm like okay cool that's that's good and all but like when are you going to have actual police reform so black people aren't being executed in street yeah. i want to see you're that. putting harriet you tubman did, on the 20 yeah, dollars
2: bill that's okay that's yeah. good but give me something real give me something yeah, you care about tangible. black lives
1: send stimulus checks send money to people who are suffering every day because guess what they can't they don't get to see a 20 dollars bill because they have no freaking money they can't pay rent and they can't put food on the table so give us some freaking bread otherwise i don't care but they just they want to do the show they want to signal they want to you know just blow the culture war right. out of proportion where it's the only thing anyone talks about and meanwhile people are literally dying and literally starving. Like, it's not a metaphorical, like, right. you know, we, we just don't have enough money. It's like, no, literally they are starving and like $2,000 checks were supposed to go out the door immediately. That's what Biden said if they win the Senate, immediately. Uh, Ossoff said next week after the election, the day before the election in Georgia, he said next week we're getting this money out the door. Where is it? Where is the relief? I haven't seen it yet.
0: Right. No, you're right. And I think, To be fair, and I'm I'm not putting words in anybody's mouth or anything, but as the devil's advocate, um, I don't even think Mitch McConnell has uh, conceded power yet. I think he just did it. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, he just did.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I, I'm a little bit behind the times. I've been I've been busy here at the History Voyager. Oh podcast, well, I, I, so. well,
2: I mean, we yeah. were no, all good. so focused yeah. on GameStop and uh, all the billionaire hedge Honestly, funders yes, getting screwed nice. over that it's kind of it's like I don't care about Congress. I I rarely care about Congress because I think most of them are you know sycophantic assholes. I mean, almost all of them. Like people. And I say that and people are like, well, what about Bernie? What about AOC? You know, this is especially from the left. Um, but
0: what what was the thing what was the thing I read about Bernie Sanders that most people don't even like would be shocked. Um, let me remember real quick. It was something like before he decided to become a professional presidential candidate, maybe I've got this a little wrong, but before he decided to become a professional presidential candidate, uh, he had this bomb factory in his state that he always tried to... uh,
2: Right. Yeah, they all do. Elizabeth Warren is the same way. Massachusetts is one of the largest states to get money for private military contractors. And I have to listen about how... Elizabeth Warren is the fighter of the working class. And I'm like, no, she she is not. She is she's a hero for the rich Raytheon and and uh Boeing and name your ex military industrial complex company. And what do those people do? They kill working class in other
0: countries. Yeah, I mean what was the, uh, but anyway, so what I was saying was uh, Bernie Sanders for eons had this, they called him <laughs> Bernie the bomber in the, in the Senate. He had this reputation. Yeah. I, I wish I had that article. I haven't seen this. This is interesting. It was, I look it was up. kind of strange. It, it was like, he was called Bernie the bomber in the Senate because any, any time like, oh, we have to do military action. Cool. Count me, you know ding 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 and then he ran for the then he decided to run for president and so he quit doing that but even then you know i mean well
1: and, and that's an important point as well that i think uh part of the the whole circus of our political system now is the like obsession with these individual characters right uh it's it's saying like oh this is my hero oh if hey I am paul my hero paul or, First Paul, Paul, my hero warns my Paul, I'm gonna you're going to have to start over. You yeah. cut off for like yes. three,
2: four seconds during the best part of your point. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Sorry. Right. Oh, okay, I'll run back. So, I one of the biggest issues that we have in our political system today, and why it is such a circus, is the obsession with uh, creating heroes out of these individual characters, out of these politicians, and saying, you know. Biden is my hero, and he's going to save us, or Bernie's my hero, and he's going to save us. Warren's amazing. She's the best. She needs to be president. Like, none of these people are – We call
2: it we Avenger theory Politician. on our podcast.
1: Yeah, it's, it's making Avengers out yeah. of these people so that you are like, oh, I love Pete. I'm going to support him in the primary, and then Biden ends up winning. But guess what? You, Pete has his own little movie. And you get to see him as a department of transportation head. So that's great. And then you get to obsess over these characters and act like every time one of them shows up on the TV, it's a victory. And it gives you a high because, like, you literally have a chemical reaction in your brain because of your obsession with these people that you get high when you see them on CNN. Because you're like, I love that guy. Yay, he's back. He's a celebrity. And they aren't celebrities. They don't have your back. They're going to be politicians. And if you don't hold their feet to the fire constantly and say, we're not going to vote for you, right? And maybe you need a kamikaze. Maybe you need to say, we're going to let a Republican win if you keep acting this way. Because, you know, guess what? The filibuster isn't real. It's going to constantly be used as an excuse to not do anything. No one needs to listen to a filibuster. It is an option. The Senate can say, hey, we should end debate. And then the Senate says, well, it's against the rules to, to end the debate right now because the filibuster, do we want to listen to that rule? And then all you need is 50 people plus the VP to say no. Yeah, it's called time. it's called a cloture vote. For
2: and cloture brings about the end of a filibuster.
1: Yeah, and they can do it for Medicare for all. They can do it for $2,000 relief checks. They can do it for you know police reform, whatever they want to do, but they will not do it because they're not your heroes. And yeah, they're not,
2: not here to help it. us. You know, at the very well, beginning, they literally spent more money on COBRA at the beginning of the pandemic just so that they wouldn't open up Medicaid and Medicare. They were, they said, let's take the more expensive option because we can cut off COBRA benefits. They couldn't do it if they opened up Medicaid and well, Medicare, which was the cheaper option. The people spent more for a worse idea, just so the political elite couldn't give us an actual
1: handout. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. What were you going to say? That you're now dealing with no.
0: This I, <laughs> I was going to say. Well, first of all, this is all really good stuff. But I was going to say, like, um, what I was going to say was that um, what's funny to me is you see on the right all this talk about, well, let's end uh, what they call Obamacare, right? right? Let's get rid of it, okay? And then when you really look at it, when you really look at how much of our economy is related to health care, like, you understand, oh, well, first of all, the way they would get rid of it would be you could legislate in the area. Like, legally, all they had to do is just legislate in the area, of what these executive orders say, but they're not doing that. And then you look at why and, oh, well, they can't really, they can't actually get rid of the ACA because if they do that torpedoes a huge, huge it crushes the insurance funds, companies and, and that can't happen. Would... Well, right. <laughs> I mean, but also it would get rid of, I mean, it would, your elective right. surgeries, your, mm. uh, yeah.
2: what else? Like, well, preconceived,
0: you know, preconceived, when you, I mean, you go uh,
2: to, not preconceived, uh, pre, what, what is it? Pre existing conditions. Pre-existing
0: thank conditions. you. Pre existing conditions. Yeah. You
2: can't get rid yeah. of that now because we've already had it. And this is, this is where I think this, this kind of dichotomy comes in is that the elites know. That once they give us an inch, we keep that inch, and so they can't. Well, go ahead. And also, sorry.
0: Like, no, go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. Well, and so I'm ahead just another saying,
2: so much of or... the the post World War II, you know, American society has been pulling back everything that the. The general, you know, I, I call it the silent generation and the, you know, what we call the greatest generation. Um, they won a ton of rights for the mass of Americans. Now, was it perfect? No. Were there people that were outside of, you know, the system? Of course. Um, but the boat did rise for everyone. The boat did rise for everyone. And these last 30 or 40 years, it's all been about the elites pulling back that power that they stole. They aren't going to give it up without a fight. And that's why we get these, you know, these things that they can take away from us. That's why we only get, you know, $1,800 in a full year during a pandemic that has killed hundreds of thousands of Americans.
0: Well, actually, um, okay, well, I I just want to bring up a quick point. But before I do that, I want to say, like, my first season of the History Voyager was about the Spanish flu. And I did it at the exact right time because there was a reappraisal of the Spanish flu by historians and medical folks. And one of the things that, that they now believe is that way more people died from the Spanish flu than right. anybody at right. the time thought. Um, So that number, that whatever, 4 million number or whatever the number is, what is the number? five five 500,000 or, or whatever it is. Yeah. That number oh, is going to keep rising. Like that number, even after COVID is dead and gone, even after we're all inoculated, we're all, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right? That oh, number yeah. is going to keep going up. Because right. they're going to keep finding people. Um but the thing like I wanted to say was you talked about the elites dividing people. I had this lady on my podcast and I would be willing to bet that a lot of people out there would just had would have these preconceived notions about who she was and why they weren't going to like her and blah blah blah. But what she was in her day job was she was a um a tenant facing lawyer and she came on my podcast and we talked about uh some she illuminated me into some real problems in the in the rental market and in the with homelessness etc in this country and it is okay we have 34 vacant structures or before the pandemic i'm sorry before the pandemic we had 34 basic uh, vacant structures per homeless person not per family right per homeless person that is mind blowing i'm going to throw out another statistic okay in 20 years from 2000 to 2020 um so Rhode Island or South Carolina or Florida or whatever, each individual state has thrown out more people out on the street than Europe combined. So, okay, wait. In 2000, Florida threw out more people than than Europe did combined in the last 20 years.
2: That's insane.
0: That's insane. That's insane. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes, and and for context,
0: totally crazy.
1: I just looked this up. Florida has 21 million people. Uh, The EU has 446 million people.
0: I mean, and that's not just Florida. That's every state in the union. That's literally every state in the country has done that. I like, like I said earlier, uh, people would find lots of reasons to not like this this lady you know, for various reasons, politically, socially, whatever, because they would assume different things. Right. But I don't care how far to the right you are. If you listen to what this woman says, you're like, Oh yeah. We're in this together, kids, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. This law that literally backstops apartment, uh, companies that backstops them, that insures them from having, uh, Uh, basically allows them to be consequence free okay was signed in the law by under obama okay so that's why like in my town you can rent uh an entire house for cheaper than you can rent a one-bedroom apartment (laughs)
2: really that's insane
0: for real
1: that's i insane.
0: wish i was kidding i really wish i was ridiculous ki- you can rent an entire house for cheaper right. than a one-bedroom apartment it's i i don't i understand now because of what she talked about but it's just like i'm here to tell you i've studied history for a lot of years at some oh, point time. this is going to turn mm-hmm. this whole thing is going to turn yeah yeah. And
1: I. And, I uh, yeah, go, Paul.
0: Go ahead, fellas.
1: Oh, sorry. No, I was, I was going to one of the biggest issues with our society today and this like capitalist neoliberal structure that we've created is that a human being is only valid in terms of, you know, how much labor they can produce, right? How, how valuable are you to the market? The market will decide if, if you are valuable at all. And if the market decides that you aren't valuable, then you'll, you're kicked out of society. Right. And you're you're homeless. You're living on the street. You can't feed yourself. You can't feed your kids. We'll take your kids away. And the, the paradigm shift that I think is needed. And one of our biggest issues with uh, with socialism is that socialism also defines a human uh, by their productivity. And they, they essentially exist inside the paradigm of capitalism, trying to overthrow capitalism, which I think is an issue in of itself. Right. I mean, human beings have an yeah. value just for existing. Just because an old person can't work doesn't yep. mean that they don't have value. There's a reason why old people still exist because in you know most creatures in the animal kingdom, the elderly don't exist. They just die. Once you stop being able to have children, you're dead. So why do we have old ladies, right? And it's the, the theory by evolutionary biologists is that there is an inherent value in people in the population who you know can't have kids or can't have labor because they can pass on yes. knowledge or they still contribute to the unit as a whole. And in my mind, every person in this country can contribute to the unit as a whole, even if it's not, you know, I'm going into a factory or I'm sitting in front of a computer and, you know, clicking buttons to make me millions of dollars on you know shorting stocks. I'm very anti-stock shortage right now. It's game stock. Um, Going way too deep in the Wall Street rabbit hole. But that's that's the biggest issue that we need to get around is that like we don't have a resource issue in America. We have plenty of resources. The problem is that we don't want people to have those resources. They're all gathered at the top, and everyone else has to fight for scraps. But the thing is, we shouldn't, and, have and, to, right? And, and, and have it's value.
2: fundamentally at the end of uh, uh, at the end of the day, where do we put value? Our current society has decided to value actors and musicians and you know, sports players with hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, giant contracts to sell tennis shoes and burgers. You know, we've decided to put value into the Wall Street marketplace, right? Where these guys are literally just pushing numbers and creating money. We've decided to put value in blowing up our brothers and sisters in other countries, that's where we've decided to put value in this country what if we had decided to what if we had decided to put value in education what if we had decided to put value in making our people the healthiest and make sure that they live as long as possible and you know that's something that resembles an actual life so you don't have to you know be 300 pounds 60 years old and you have to use a little electric cart to move everywhere. Like what if we really focused on making sure every single child had the absolute best education? I think our world would be completely different. I think, I think America would be in a completely different place than we are in today, but it's all about, it's all about where we put value. Right. And, and, and our value system is completely fucked. Completely,
0: yeah, and it, it to, to well, it is, and and I think the the way you can tell that is like the way you can really tell how messed up our our value system actually is is that you can you can look at say Instagram, right? Or okay, I have a friend who passed away. Huh, 16 years ago and so i have this intellectual uh exercise i do where i'm like try to explain this to him right right okay try try to explain this to him try to go back and explain to yourself i don't know how old you are but i'm old enough to where this is possible try to go back and explain to me 20 years ago what instagram was or is and what a social oh, right. media influencer is, <laughs> and I'm like, why does, why does anybody, ca- I, you know, I get why people care. I'm not stupid, but I'm just saying it's, it's completely like, silly. I don't. It's,
1: it's completely no, it's silly. Well, it's
0: totally stupid and silly.
1: I, I got an even sillier thing for you. So I also have a friend who uh, works for a company, and it's a, it's essentially like a WeWork space for social media influencers and they act as managers for these influencers to make deals with uh, companies who are trying to get them to promote their stuff. So the whole place is just filled with free shit. i sorry. Am I allowed to curse on this podcast?
0: I'm rated not safe for work. Okay, so, cool. And I had, I had to do that because certain words that my mommy and daddy told me never to say, uh, we now use <laughs> as connectors for sentences. <laughs> well, you're talking, you're talking to two of
2: those guys. But. So uh,
1: yeah, I, I got no, in trouble I, when we first started podcasting. Cause I used the word fuck too much and I had to start throwing. That.
0: Well, there's, you know, and we can get into this too, if you want, but there's like a couple of things you can't really talk about because of Apple. But, um, you know, as far as words and stuff, I don't care. Okay. Just, perfect. You know, fire away. Yeah.
1: So, but yeah, yeah back to that story. <laughs> so she, she's worked for this company that's doing that. And, uh, I've been in the room with her explaining this to people and they still don't get it, right? Like even people in twenty twenty don't understand how this like new economy of social media works because it, it seems so it, it's and a it business works.
0: based off
2: of getting Instagram people more famous and to hawk products.
1: Like that's what the business is. Yeah. And they You know what? They just post pictures online of them at a beach and that's the business.
0: But do you know, okay, here's a thought that I keep having. Like I I have this literally not even every day. Literally not even ten times. I literally have this maybe about a hundred times a day. This thought. Which is literally like, if I I were to go outside my house right now and stand around, if I could stand in, in my yard for long enough i would start people would start passing me by and you could totally tell that they moved in from other places like they moved in together from other apartments and my thought is this the whole reason that most kids back in the day wanted this wanted to leave their parents aside from the fact that they were teenagers was because they didn't have headphones for their music or they weren't able to right? watch their own thing. Yeah. Right. Now now we can. And I swear to God, one of the tipping points is gonna be why do I need to go pay like two thousand, two two thousand two hundred dollars for a for a one bedroom apartment when I when I have an iPad and oh some headphones? yeah.
2: We talk about we talk about this all the time. <laughs> right? It's it's one of the things okay. You know, everyone always tells us we can organize our way out of this problem. I hear that from the left all the time. How are you going to organize people who can't talk to each other? How are you going to organize people who can't, you know, be in the same room as other humans and look them in the eye because they got to be on their phone the whole entire time?
0: How are you going to organize those people? No, what, what? but what I'm saying, and you're right about that point, but what I was saying was there's the engine for b- wanting to be away from your parents or there's the engine away from wanting to be around the right. away from those people you can't stand so you can live together. And once you start living together, you start. Yes. Okay. 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 I'm everyone. following you.
2: I'm following
1: interesting.
2: you. <laughs> you, see, you see what I'm yeah. saying?
1: Cause it's also so expensive, right? Like most of the people I know that aren't married, they live with oh, yeah. someone else and it's because it's way cheaper. So it's almost as if yeah. us being squeezed, and also in a situation where, like, yeah, we can still do our own thing inside of a house because, you know, I don't have to share a lot yeah. with someone else. Uh, could well, actually the community.
0: There, there are people that I live around that I know are married. And like, I see multiple boy-girl combinations coming out of different houses. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I see, there's obviously people in committed relationships with somebody in that house, but they're living yeah. together. Yeah.
1: Well, it, <laughs> I've done that. I lived like, with a married couple at some point, just for and, lower and, rent. And
0: so, Ben, on that yeah, point, right.
2: one of my big, you know, if if somebody said you get to be president for the day, the, the one of the huge policies that I think needs to be enacted immediately is essentially a resurgence of the Civilian Conservation Corps, and what what this would do would be to have young people from all over the country go to states they've never been with and to be with other people from all over the country doing communal projects together i think that would be one of the most important things we could do immediately as a country like not only are we you know building up our infrastructure building up our our leisure locations like state forests or or national forests but like the more important part is the the melding of the populace again those those connective binds you know that i get to hear the the perspectives of people in Maine that I would get to hear the perspectives of people in Nevada that I would get to hear the perspectives of people in Texas I mean this is important for Americans to do and it's very hard when when we're so separately located and you know I have my friends in New York City and they're you know it's always like country bumpkin and whatever because I'm from Arkansas don't wear shoes and like light ribbing is good but but I'm able to talk to them, right? They don't know other people from Arkansas. They, right. they, so they get an idea of, you know, they are all kind of trailer park, poor, racist, and idiots. Like, that's the general thought.
0: Yeah, but also...
2: But it's vice versa yeah, as but, well, right? Okay. They see the and New York have- City people as, you know, right. rich, howdy doody, you know, prissy and whatever, right?
0: But also, you gotta you gotta throw in there like, why is somebody racist? Right? Like, why are they racist? Why are they poor? Why yes. do they live? Why do they live in a trailer? Because really, outside of Southern California, I've never met anybody. If I can be honest for a second, I've never met met anybody who, but if they had to choose between a trailer and not a like a, a structure, not a trailer, right, or They choose right, the trailer, right? right? Outside of Southern California or Nevada or somewhere like that. But yeah. really, I mean, you know, there's there's been a lot of poverty in this country for decades. And I think what I'm noticing is people are starting yes. to have these conversations. Why, yeah. why is there this poverty? I think more and more, and I think I you're right. Even, people
2: uh, are starting to have these conversations.
0: Yeah. And things
2: like GameStop yeah, ensure... But- that more people will have those conversations.
1: Yeah, but real, well, real quick right. on the, um, the the trailer piece, there's an, there was actually an interesting prospectus by Blackstone, which is just a, a massive fund if you aren't familiar with it. But in that prospectus, they said that groups, investment firms need to start investing in trailer parks. And the reason for that is because boomers, and as Gen X is going to retire, these people are going to be increasingly poor and they won't be able to hold on to their house. So what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to start buying uh, trailers and living in trailer parks. But the big benefit that Blackstone said was that uh, trailer parks, even though these trailers are, you know, quote unquote mobile, it is incredibly expensive to move. And these people are broke. So they're essentially stuck there. And that makes it to where these trailer parks who charge rent for a plot of land can start hiking up the price of land to stay there. So they can squeeze their tenants who are already broke. And they were saying this like it was a good thing. They were saying this as a as a vehicle right. to make money. And and to break that down, it's because we're all getting more poor. And they're going to get loaded off of us.
0: Right. But also, like the other thing, um, the other thing I, I alluded to a second ago is I've studied deep historical what i call deep history and, and trends in deep history and i swear to god yeah this is gonna turn this whole this whole like notion of you know the hoarding the opportunity at the top and nobody hardly anybody has opportunity to trickle down to them that's gonna turn i don't know how i don't know when oh we- but it will
2: Oh yeah, and we I agree with you completely. It. You know, we 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 always would get yeah. frustrated by folks who said, you know, Trump was a fascist. Trump was, you know, all this ex dictator, whatever. And we would always say, Trump isn't the fascist, but he will lead to the fascist. Like you have, we have not seen the actual fascist on the scene, but America as it currently is is ripe for this strong man or strong woman to really take the reins of the populat this this populist sentiment that is taking over america we hate our elites we hate our elites and if somebody can actually channel that like donald trump did who's actually intelligent there's going to be a real problem in 10 to 15 years because they aren't going to give up power. You want to talk about a coup? They will take over, actually. You know, I always say that everyone was so, you know, especially Democrats were so excited when Biden took over. But Biden will not be able to reform his way out of this issue, right? Congress, as it is composed, composed today, will not be able to reform their way out of this issue. They are creatures of the swamp. They don't know any different. They have overseen the fall of America, and that's who we're going to put our hopes and dreams in? I think the fascist is in the shadows waiting. Trump was fashy. He is not a fascist.
0: There's a... There's a historian that does a podcast that I, I love to listen oh, to. Oh, love Patrick, Patrick Wyman. Wyman. Tides of History, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Tides of History, but uh, the, the, the the Fall yeah, of yeah, Rome yeah. podcast is what I'm talking about. Um, he told a story that I don't exactly remember the story, but the story was to illustrate the point that the fall of Rome happened differently right. in different places. Right. Right. And so my thought is you know, we're all geeked up for how we think. I actually told a, a friend of mine this, who's older than who's significantly older than me before the pandemic. Uh years before the pandemic. I said, "We're all geeked up for how we think Rome ended, like how right. Hollywood told us Rome ended, but that's not right. how we're going to go yeah. as a country. The way we're, we're going to go is how the Ottoman yeah. Empire ended. And he goes, how did that happen? Because I don't know how the Ottoman Empire ended. And I was like, let me tell you what happened. They put all the intelligence. They ended up putting all the intelligent people. Accidentally, the way it worked out was they put all the intelligent people in a couple of places. Right. And then they had cholera that. Hit, I forget which city it was, but it devastated this one city. And that empire never right. was the same after that because all those really smart people ended up dying. And, you know, we have one of the weird statistics of our country is we have all these people in like 400 counties. Like most of our populace is in metropolitan like less areas. In 400 counties. Mm-hmm. Exactly, like eighty percent of our, over eighty percent of our populace, is in, like, something like uh, three hundred and fifty counties or something, and actually most of our economy right. is in less than that, right? By far less than that, and if you had, if you ever had some disease or some some reason to uh where that you know those cities were harmed in some way uh you know it would be i don't think we would come back from that as a a oh yeah no i mean yeah i i think you're
2: right but i also think especially i think the ottoman empire and rome are both very interesting case studies on how an empire crumbles and let's not, let's not beat around the bush. America is an empire, but yeah, it it is. But I (laughs) also think, you know, why I think there's a corruption, and I think and this is, you know, everyone talks about the barbarian at the gates, and we love to hear that from like the National Security Agency. But it's <laughs> it's the corruption within that always takes down an empire. And not always
0: not always right, but that's right. how it's gonna go in this I, case. I guess, but indeed. but
2: the Ottoman Empire <laughs> was also fundamentally corrupted from the inside.
0: Right. A- and mean, the yes, roman exactly.
2: empire uh, it, it very very corrupted on the inside and the the eastern roman empire very corrupted on the inside and you look at any of the chinese dynasties that is almost always how they ended is that you know no matter how grand the the strategy started the corruption will always take over it's just natural you know, that's. I think that's why Jefferson had this idea of, you know, every generation needs to bleed for their nation, for their country. Um, what was it? The the tree of liberty is is watered by the blood of patriots. Yeah, the blood,
0: the blood of tyrant. The blood of tyrants. The tree of liberty. Yeah, is and by the we blood have a tyrants. bunch of
2: tyrants right
0: now. And I mean, yeah. that's
2: what they are like you can you can say you know whatever nice thing about Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, whatever. They are many tyrants.
0: Right. Or even like I mean when you start to think when you have like the real so we keep talking around GameStop. So when you when you really look at what not what GameStop that situation is now but what they thought what they thought it was right. on Tuesday yeah. in, into Wednesday afternoon, where they thought it was literally um some kind of terroristic act yeah. from another country that they were they were goosing right. the economy basically. Right? That's a real mask-off moment to me that the government isn't even as powerful as yeah. These hedge funds, right? And I'll give you another I'll give you an example that I keep bringing up in the, in my podcast. And we got around we talked around it a second ago. But look at Facebook. Okay, look at look at Facebook. Now, I interviewed a guy on my show who told me, who gave me what I call the Super Bowl answer to what Facebook does like what I call the Super Bowl ad answer to what Facebook does, the purpose of Facebook, which he said it's the phone company for the third world. And it, it basically lets all these people get on the internet right. and, and good for them. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. Here's the, here's the cost of that. Right. Right. They're spying on me. Yeah. Right. They're, they're spying on me. They know more about me then people right. that I know and love know about me. And here's the thing. At some point, not just me, but at some point, the average person in this country that has a job, that has a place, that has whatever else they have, are going to get off oh, Facebook. Yeah. Right? And here's the thing. And this is what I keep saying to people, right? What are they going to do with that data? Right. Because that data is the asset they have. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? When they go, okay, when Eastern Airlines went belly up, they sold off airplanes and hangars and buildings. When Facebook goes belly up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're selling us. They're they're selling selling you. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's like Westworld, right? We're big fans of HBO Max, but the whole point of Westworld is to create a data asset around how people behave, and they base that off of social media companies.
0: Exactly. I mean, but I think that's, I mean, when you talk about, well, Facebook is a fad or Facebook is this, you're right. Facebook is a fad because, and what happens when it goes away? And here's what's crazy. When you talk to somebody in another country, like somebody, when you talk to somebody in Singapore or somebody in Venezuela or somebody somewhere, they'll tell you oh Facebook's wonderful Facebook does this Facebook does that I'm able to do this I'm able to do that but when you talk to somebody in Canada or somebody here like it's everybody says yeah Facebook is going away it's only a yeah. matter of
2: when absolutely no, nothing 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 <laughs> yeah. but so for, we haven't for seen so anything last yeah, on the internet it's, it's not you know every everything that was the biggest thing eventually falls AOL. Does anyone have an AOL account anymore? I don't know anyone. AOL keywords? Haven't heard that in 20 years. right? Everyone had... Yeah, MySpace. That's another great one. Who has a MySpace anymore? I know a couple of band friends that (laughs) have it for music, but that's it. That's what it's turned into. It's a glorified music receptor.
0: I actually... I actually have a friend who, he's he was in a band back in his younger days, and he got a letter. Believe it or not, he got a letter from MySpace. And the letter was, we had to change over their servers uh, because they're old and out of date. Uh, we're so sorry, your band music. Was, it, was
2: that the only receptacle of the music? you know, Or did they have...
0: Well, he doesn't do that. He, I I don't know, but he doesn't do that as a gig anymore. He doesn't. He's not a right. He's not doing music like that anymore. But it was like, <laughs> oh my god, I I I forgot I had music yeah. on MySpace. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. The
1: the thing that really scares me though is that uh, I think everyone uses the analogies of you know these these old failed tech companies or or the uh, you know dot com bubble and all that. To describe what what could potentially happen but i think we might be actually entering a new era where you know maybe a Facebook right. isn't going to go away because the what they're doing is they're buying up every single competitor and buying up every single smaller company and you know where they're potentially going to be looked at getting trust busted because of that but you know that'll never actually happen but what what really scares me is the power that you know uh, google or facebook has is the ability to regulate content which we just had an episode on this on uh, southern podcast Authority. But they are regulating content to such an extreme in other countries where people are entirely dependent on Facebook for access to the internet. Because if they get on their phone and they try to log into the internet, it's going to cost them money. Every single page they load, they're going to have to pay and they can't afford that. But Facebook has a deal with the data providers where if they get on Facebook, it's free. So they go on Facebook for news. 96% of Palestinians use Facebook only for news. But now Facebook is regulating the content that is being put on there by Palestinians. So if they're trying to share information about, I don't know, a bomb just got dropped on their neighbor's house, that's getting censored. And same thing's happening in uh, India. Yeah. Chris, I know you've talked about this quite a bit, but farmers are trying to rally against uh, essentially being squeezed by all these uh, GMO uh, seeds because if you haven't looked into the the whole GMO farming system, it's really screwed up the way that you're forced to buy seeds and can't save seeds because they're copyrighted. And and, it, and it India, farmers, Indi- and they're trying and to And India is such that. a they're giant
2: proportion of subsistence farmers, and save seeding is a giant mm-hmm. aspect of their life. And it's
1: it's illegal. Right. And so, right. Exactly. And
2: so, they are yeah. rebelling against well, like, the Modi government and his corporate, you know, his corporate stooges. And Facebook is shutting down the the you know the shoot. What are they called? The groups that are shutting down the Facebook groups for people who are organizing yeah, to march on the government. Facebook's just shutting them down.
0: Well, right, and the I mean, I had a guy from India on my podcast, and I think he talked about that. But the thing, like the thing I look at is, I look at like you you were talking about. Um, will Facebook ever will, the danger of Facebook? Here's the danger of Facebook. Right, the danger of Facebook is. You talk about how it was a. It's gonna. It could be a zombie company. Here's a way it could be a zombie company. What if they start lying to people or lying to governments or lying to their whoever about how many users get on Facebook? Right? Cause what if people get off Facebook on such in such a big number that it's just not you know right. We're not giving data up. Well,
2: so with with something right. like that, I, I think it would be hard because Facebook and Google and name your whatever tech company you want to, is now almost inextricably tied with, say, the NSA or the FBI. Like, they are becoming one and the same. You know, AT&T works with the FBI or the NSA all the time. Google and Facebook are now working with these, you know secret police you know conglomerates in these in these mm. insane ways like if the NSA wanted to or the FBI wanted to they could go to Facebook and be like, I need the location of Chris the plumber and almost always Facebook is like, yeah here fine. who cares mm. And so <laughs> it, it it's it's this you know the melding right. of the two, that I think is actually what's so dangerous. Like, yeah, they do have all the data on us. If Amazon wants to flip up the app that has my mic recording and my camera, they can do it. They can just do it. Facebook can just do it. Google can just do it. Just say, Oh, you want who you want? Chris, the plumber. Oh yeah. We'll, 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 we'll throw up Chris, the plumber whenever you want. So, so it's, It's this melding of the corpus, you know, the corporation and the state, which is literal fascism.
0: Right. No, it is. It's actually that's what it is. And but I've got another. uh, Okay, I I heard something on a podcast a while back that amazed me. And I I bet you don't know this. Um, So but maybe you do because it was on a popular podcast where I heard it. Um, if you send a package through the U.S. mail, through not through FedEx or yeah, UPS USPS. or whoever, through the U.S. mail, okay? Okay, right. And that package has to cross across more than two state lines, okay? Um, chances are better than amazing that at some point in that package's cycle of getting to you it actually did time in a in a right. an amazon warehouse in an amazon i didn't know that um, i did not know that well well here's another here's another thing i heard that is just mind boggling to me um so believe it or not okay amazon amazon not.com but amazon web services okay Amazon Web Services, when I go to the IRS, when I go to the IRS pay portal to pay on my taxes, okay, to pay my taxes, um, or you do, or whoever, whoever uses the Amazon pay portal, right? It's not just me, but you're actually paying Amazon, Right. right? Amazon gives that money to the IRS. So, so not only is there like a third party credit card servicer, right? But for a minute and a half or a second and a half or whatever, that, is that insane. money is actually in the possession of Amazon.
1: Yeah, that is insane. <laughs> I, I also that's, didn't know that, but yeah, that one does not shock me. Amazon Web Services essentially runs the internet and a lot of people don't realize it, but basically every major application that you use, like any app that's it's on the, the internet,
0: it's running through AWS. Right it it doesn't run yeah. the internet it is the internet yeah. it actually is the internet and that's a whole and that was the thrust of this woman's talk which was in itself was amazing which was what happened was the chinese there was a com- there was a company i forget who their name is but for those of you not old enough to know this the internet used to be a toy <laughs> um <laughs> literally okay kids the internet was a toy Back in the day.
1: You go to the search engine, a you time. type in boobs, and then laugh at what popped up. That was basically the
0: internet. Ex- exactly. Or whatever. And then, okay. So there's, okay, kids. There's a basic principle at work here, right? Is that a child, whoever the child is, encounters something, right? And the adult encounters it. Okay, this is what I said when I was 15. I said this when I was 15. A kid encounters the internet and thinks, what right. can I get? Right? An adult encounters right. the internet and thinks, how can I make money? Right? Now, I said that when I was 15 in the 90s. Now you have adults that encounter the internet as kids right. who are now totally fine with living their whole life on the internet. You know? And here's something that I noticed. We, Without meaning to, without setting out deliberately to do this, I don't want to make it sound like this is some grand conspiracy, okay? Because it wasn't. I was here for it. This didn't happen on purpose. We have given Google custody over our knowledge as a culture. Mm -hmm. And that has... That has... Bizarre, uh, you know, terrifying ramifications. And I'll give you an example. I'll give you a, a, a real quick lived, real world example. Okay, when you Google the definition for gentrification, it is not the definition for, of gentrification in not one, not two, not three books, but four books I have downstairs in my okay. basement. Okay. So Google changed the definition. I'm looking of it up right now. Now you, Now you ask yourself, why did Google do that? Why would Google have done that? I bet you they did it because yeah. they're in Silicon, Silicon Valley, system. right?
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Well,
0: they're in Silicon Valley, but their people <laughs> live in San Francisco, and they're literally... They're, <laughs> they've, they're literally they've already gentrified it. It's it's, at it's, massive, ge- it's yep, post-gentrification
2: at this point.
1: Yeah, there was a guy in San Francisco, because I, I used to live there, who paid a million dollars for an apartment for his cat. Like, that's the thing. That's what goes down in San Francisco.
0: Right. Well, but my point is that they changed the definition right. away from what the oh, definition yeah. was like 10 years ago mm-hmm. they did that
1: yeah and that is an amazing point as well because that's one of the scariest things to me is that you know with with things like you know q or, or various conspiracy theories people constantly talk about how, i know i'm a little you know, they, sad we didn't really get to go reality. into q There's too much kind of reality bubble that's <laughs> yeah I know. No, let's,
0: okay let's go but no, i know i the whole reason I wanted to talk about the whole one of the major reasons I wanted to talk to you guys <laughs> yeah. is because of Q. We, we, yeah. <laughs> we not even I'm get here. We totally so, that up. <laughs> I mean, do I'm you knows. have do you have time right do you have uh, time right now, or do we have to do a whole nother separate? I got podcast? I got some time. I, I we I'll can't wait, Chris. I got a time yeah, time. How
2: I long are your pods time. typically, or would you like break it up into two? I,
0: okay. Let's go. I don't. I don't care. I, yeah. you know these people know how. To, these people know how to use the pause button. Whatever, <laughs> come
1: back to it. Yeah, hard stop, new pod into queue.
0: <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, okay. Here's my basic take on Q, like the the Q folks, the Q people. I don't know how much about history you know, but either before or after the Civil War, right up until the 1960s. We had in this country a a thing that doesn't exist anymore, which is we had this situation where you could put mentally ill people, right? Right. And we don't have that anymore in this country, really. So that's, that's one take. That's one piece of this. The other piece is that we talked about how our country is for average people when you get out of... Metro areas, or even in metro areas, in a lot of cases, what we haven't talked about is this bizarre thing that they do, where we've we're de-skilling labor at at a truly mind-boggling rate. We're like literally, if if you take these HR departments' word for it, all you really need is a high school education and some time behind a cash register to do a whole host of jobs. So I think there's a lot of really intelligent people that are looking for things to study. They're looking for things to look at. I'm really serious. Yeah, no, I,
1: I completely agree. Um, and we've talked about that a bit on, on um, our podcast as well, specifically with, you know, these conspiracy theorists. I think a lot of time in, in the media, it's, it's framed as kind of these, uh, these bumpkins who are on the internet and whatnot, but, the people that actually have time to dig into Q and to, you know, quote, unquote, bake these drops uh, are are people that do have jobs, right? But a lot of times they may – Yeah, these are they they these are drugs, fundamentally middle class, middle class people
2: for the and most part home who home are home. the actual QBs, yeah, right? Plus, the actual
0: um, – yeah. A lot of them are. Yeah, and especially yeah, – A since, lot of them are, yeah. yeah.
1: Especially since COVID because guess what? A lot of those folks are now working from home. They got a lot of time to be on their computer and on the internet. Because you got to be flagged online for your bosses, but you don't actually have to be working, right? So that's led to people just kind of going into these crazy rabbit holes. And I think one of the biggest problems that we're having right now is that these folks have been indoctrinated with the like American mythos their entire lives, right? You work hard, uh, it it all pays off for you. And and all these structures work and, and this establishment works. But there is a sickness at the heart of America, right? we are rot- we are a dead tree rotting from the inside and a wind just hasn't blown us over yet and they know that something's wrong but they also can't yeah. break free of that dogma in a lot of ways they can't break free that uh, of the idea that america just sucks and they're getting screwed over right so it must be something other there there's this other thing that's impacting it and it's these like evil evil democrats or whatever it is and when they hear that, it's like, oh, that's that's the reason. That's the thing that did it. It's not that this, the system itself is just complete shit. It's that there's these these evil actors in the system. And then once you start with like that thread, and just work your way down, you can start making yourself believe in a whole host of nonsense. Yeah, and, and I feel like and, that's, and that's Ben, a lot of you
2: it. know, we w- my co-host exactly. uh, John and I always call Paul establishment Paul because we always give a little bit more credence to the conspiracy. And when it comes to Q, I always say like their, their sentiment rhymes, right? Like they're, they're just off a path or two. And so like, uh, I, but see, and this, again, this is why we call him establishment Paul, but like the, there is an elite power structure, right? Political, (laughs) economic, even spiritual in some cases, And they are, for the most part, they don't have our best interests in mind. They have their own best interests in mind. And you can put some kind of conspiracy, it's Illuminati, it's whatever. But at the end of the day, they're helping themselves and their friends. They aren't helping the mass of people. And do some of them do evil stuff? Oh yeah, all the time. You know, Jeffrey Epstein is a great great case study of some of the horrible things these people get into right are they all are they all eating adrenochrome out of children no but like so <laughs> okay wait. wait let's take a step back
0: H- yeah. pause 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 but hang on all right i know what q is but i don't know anything other than okay like I know what Q is, and my response to it is like, you Paul, you're know. you're the you're you're yeah, the, so uh, the Southern Polycast, <laughs> Podcast
2: Podcast <laughs> Authority's uh, uh, resident historian on Q. So why don't you go through it? Okay.
1: okay so uh, hold on. So essentially, what Adrenochrome is is uh, it's it's like adrenaline, right? It's like when adrenaline's released into the bloodstream. So the running theory is, and this is where it starts getting wacky, right? So number one, there is a cabal, like a deep state cabal. It's this this evil Democrat like secret conspiracy running the government that's trying to create like a one world government. Q's really an all encompassing conspiracy theory, so you can really add whatever twist you want to it. But part of this theory that a lot of people subscribe to is that Democrats uh, are Satanists and they cannibalize children. And part of how they cannibalize children is by just scaring them to death and then like drinking their blood. And the adrenaline that is released from the children's fear, like gives them youth and gives them like satanic powers. So when people talk about adrenochrome, it's referring to the adrenaline that's released uh, in the bloodstream uh, when you scare a child. So it it results in a whole host of completely insane and unhinged theories about, you know, who's doing this and when, including like Hillary Clinton and, you know, all the all the major Democrat Avengers are all part of this conspiracy. Uh, but that's essentially well, what Katrina Cromwell is.
0: Well, here's something that, you know, here's something you look at like the celebrities. Um, you know, if you were to look at, say I've got a movie with her, on my desk, if you if you were to look at, say, Nicole Kidman, right? Nicole Kidman does not look right. anywhere near as old as Nicole Kidman is, okay? For, for, I mean, I'm not saying what I'm just saying, right? And the same- Well, any-, any Almost any famous rich person, um,
2: right? You uh, look at them, they're 60 years old, they look like they're in their 40s. Right. And, and I look at people- In their forties, at my price income and and lower than me, right? I used to work at a a a donut factory. Actually, there were thirty and forty year olds that looked like they were in their fifties and sixties. And and so where Q would say that's adrenochrome, you know, that's doing that. I would say that's money and a life of luxury is what's doing that, right? They can afford the nutritionist. They can afford the private trainer. They can afford to work out three hours a day. They can afford to eat the healthiest, most delicious food. And so all those things, especially over time, lead somebody like Nicole Kidman, who's in her 50s, looked like she's 38.
0: Well, okay, like, for example, um, I have a friend who's a nutritionist, and his whole take is, like, if you've never had a sip of alcohol in your life, and you, okay, well, okay, if you've never had a sip of alcohol, don't eat a lot of processed sugar, and you don't smoke, you're going to look like a kid. You know, you're going to look like a kid. So, I mean, a lot of people... But like a lot of people drink, a lot of people smoke, a lot of people, you know, eat processed sugar, blah blah.
1: Yeah. Right? And what do you what do you do when your life sucks and you're working twelve hours a day? You come home, you crush a beer, you smoke a cigarette, and you eat well, a bad. Well, and it's
2: what is what <laughs> is the, the easiest food. access to food is these fatty, sugary substances that I can get at like a gas station, right? Easy to prepare. I just have to open up a bag. Actual nutritious cooking is very hard to do. It's very time intensive. And so poor people don't have the luxury of time. They don't have that luxury. And healthy living healthy yeah, living
1: exactly. is
2: a luxury, especially in America. Yeah.
1: But uh, to, to bring it back to QAnon, right. I think the the thing with most conspiracy theories as well is that they always start with, like, a grain of truth or, like, kind of where established fact is. And then they start branching right. out from there and finding different threads that you can trace, right?
0: And say so like, oh, like, like gonna, I'll, sorry. I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll give you an actual example. I can remember there was a famous director, Right who before he was super-duper famous, but he was making movies, but before he was super-duper famous, I literally remember watching like a movie or something, not a movie, um, a news story that alleged some pretty wacky things about this director, like some pretty off-kilter habits that this person had, right? And that literally just went away for years, literally for years, and then magically they reappeared, you know, about five or six right. years ago. And that's just one example. Mm-hmm. Or like you look you look at the R. Kelly thing, okay? Well, I was a, I'm was a white guy who's a metalhead, but I went to school with a lot of black people. So I knew R. Kelly was, you know, into kids, way, you know, when I was in high school, right? And then all of a sudden the world right. gets religion about R. Kelly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: you know what i'm saying
1: yeah no exactly and that's that's (laughs) the the problem as well is that there is so much of this nefarious activity happening and rich people do get away with it but i think the question is right the the the
2: problem with q Uh,
1: and a lot of conspiracies like them them is that they
2: take you know we can if we just stayed at all the evil shit that the elite did, there's, there's enough to, to, you know, fill up any conspiratorial person's mind. I'm for me, like it's enough. Like I don't need to add the children in basements and sucking out adrenochrome out of their brains. Like I don't need that part. Like I'm fine with, Oh, sorry, Ben, go ahead. Which Oh, has it I happened? That's remember. the thing. There... This is, and this is where they're like, there, there is child wasn't abuse there... in our elites right now. There's also, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no,
0: I, I, I know, but wasn't there like, a, I'm trying to remember like the nomadic warrior, warrior culture that really did the adrenaline thing. Like they would really do that with adrenaline. Yeah, it's possible. I'm, I'm, I swear to God, I read I mean,
2: and, and this is, it's Maybe, like, I, I ag-
0: again, uh, it's a little crazy,
2: but like there is some science to it, right? Like if you, if you are hyped up in adrenaline, it can be found in your blood. Like that, that, that just happened. That that's actually what happens. But again, yeah. like is Hillary Clinton have a basement full of children that she goes in, scares the shit out of them, and then kills them, and then drinks their blood. I, I doubt that. I highly do. I do. I know that for sure. No, I don't. I don't know that for sure. But I really doubt that she's doing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's like my, it's like I highly doubt that right. you guys are uh, that you guys are from Mars, right? I highly doubt that you guys are from Mars or, or whatever. But you might be. I mean, or, you know, okay, let's be more realistic. I highly doubt that either one of you are black, even though I've never seen you
2: ever. Yeah, we can, we can, right? we make, we make natural inferences every single day of our lives. And we, you know, we just kind of take them as fact, right? And that's kind of, again, you know, going back to everything else, like, we all have our own set of facts these days. And that that's kind of where I think Q does get dangerous. And I wish that I could figure out some way to reach a lot of these people. Cause I want to be like, you're just off a little bit. You're just, you're just off. Like if we could get you pointed at the right direction, it would be such mm. an incredible movement, but they're, you know, they're so focused on going down the evil cabal, democratic lizard you know adrenocomb eating you know underneath the surface of the planet reptile kings that i can't reach them and be like listen it's not the reptile kings right it's not it's not the basements full of children it's it's these tangible things that we've talked about this whole podcast
1: Well, in the and, one of the, the biggest thing, issues too is that yes, that's the problem. they essentially become disconnected from reality at a certain point. To yeah, to to where anything that is not right in front of their eyes, they stop believing in
0: because everything. Well, not only not only is it anything right in front of their eyes, but you can even I mean I've encountered this, like in my own life, where you can literally tell somebody that something happened, and oh no, that didn't happen. You saw it. You saw it with me. Yeah no that was that was Hollywood and the Democrats blah 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 and I'm like oh boy yeah and something I something I've been thinking about like just since January 6 or the blowback from January 6 is at some point our society this whole little like this whole where certain segments of our population think about aliens or whatever mm-hmm. at some point this is going to come out like in other ways in our society, in ways that aren't political. And I don't know, uh, how, like in what, in what fashion or in what, whatever, but, uh, fellas, it's been beautiful. I, I, I'm just um, going to say, do you have anything Go you want to tell sorry. the
1: internet real quick, man? I'll, I'll just say, uh, sorry. I, I think I'm lagging slightly cause I keep jumping in at the wrong time, but, uh, you can uh, check out our podcast, Southern Podcast Authority, uh, wherever you listen to this one, man. But uh, it was, Yeah, it
2: was Ben, really thanks awesome so hobby. much for you having gotta, us. Really this, this was a podcast, blast, so we and it. we'll need to do it again
0: soon. Uh, we will, we will. Um, okay, folks, I need you guys to stay on the uh, line while this sucker downloads. That's one of the reasons I wanted to end it right now, because, <laughs> good Lord, this thing's going to take a while to download. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. See you later.